Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by B21, a platform which helps you start your journey with cryptocurrencies. Visit b21.io slash hustleshare and get $2 upon signing up. Also by Ideaspace, a nonprofit supporting innovation and technopreneurship as a path to nation building. Ideaspace runs an annual startup competition. For more information, make sure to sign up for their newsletter at ideaspacefoundation.org slash connect. Also powered by Podmetrics, the only analytics platform you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code HUSTLESHARE. So that's where our patients love Abe. We're not a robot. We're just trying to book um, some care for. We're actually people who care about you and you can feel it too. Welcome to HUSTLESHARE. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beithyong. Welcome to episode 101 of the Hustle Share Podcast. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by B21, a platform which helps you start your journey with cryptocurrencies. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not safe for work language, so make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today, we're going to be talking to a family of startup founders, and their names are Pam, 
Patrick and Paolo Bugayong of AID. Now, Pam, Pat, and Pao will tell us how they started out their careers in their jobs before, like being a banker, being a doctor, and being a businessman, and how they also prepared to take the jump of being an entrepreneur. Now, they will also share how they actually thought of AID and what pushed them over the top to take the leap together as siblings and to become co-founders in the startup. Now, it wasn't all easy because they also shared their struggles and how they actually made ends meet while they were starting out AID, along with how they upskilled themselves and learned new things for the responsibilities that they took on as co-founders. And then Pat, Pam, and Pao will also share how they got traction and kept their metrics in check while also growing organically at the same time, which eventually allowed them to raise from a very big conglomerate here in the Philippines. And then they will also share how the pandemic actually helped them to grow exponentially and to finally become cash flow positive. Now stick around till the end because they have a lot of good tips, especially in growth hacking and partnering with corporations. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind aid, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are with a family, okay? Um, I've never encountered a startup team composed of siblings. Uh, this is very prevalent in, in uh, traditional businesses uh, that, that we've seen. You know, it's a family business, but I've never seen a startup work dynamically and work beautifully uh, just like this team. But before I get carried away and talk too much again, I just drank a lot of chocolate milk, uh, so pardon me. But let's welcome to the show, Mr. Patrick. Pam- Pamela, is it Pamela or Pamela? Yeah, I just I don't want to murder it. Um, it can be Pamela. Pamela doesn't matter. What Pam. do you prefer? Pam. Pam. Patrick, Pam, and Pow. The Bulgayongs of AID. <laughs> welcome, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Love, love, the, love the applause. Thanks so much. There you go. That's our fake crowd. So again, your episode 101, we literally, now I can freely cuss again. So, <laughs> the, past, yeah, the past couple of episodes has made me type-lipped and toned me down. Because who am I to cast in front of a dad of an right? <laughs> <laughs> or an earnest goose. If you don't know what you're talking about, just check out the past couple episodes. Yeah. So we're now over the hump. We're over 100. And we're not going to just focus on moguls because this podcast was obviously created to talk about the hustles of startup founders who are right in the middle of the grind. And these guys are right in that middle in telehealth. Is that correct? Wild. Right there, man. We're right Wild there. Down. That before I get carried away too, guys, what's your hustle? Yeah, so let me introduce myself first. My name is Paolo. I'm the CEO at AID. Um, I'm with my siblings. I'm with Atepan, if I may call you Atepan. And uh, respect. And Doc Patrick, you want to... Atepan, are you here? Yes, hi, Kuya Paolo. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm confused. Who's older than who? (laughs) We'll never know. We'll never know who's older. Oh, man. I'm going to talk to the daddy bogayong (laughs) and the mommy bogayong. Hi, hi, guys. I'm I'm the eldest of the four uh, bogayong children. I am 
uh, Ate Pam, sa so Take Wallet. Okay. Uh, I'm the COO of AID. Got it. Um, and the co-founder. Prior to AID, uh, I was with... Um, uh, I was a banker. So I worked oh. at uh, both local and foreign banks okay. for 16 years. And then, wow. Uh, that's that's we, crazy. We started AID. All right. And for the last sibling, but definitely not the least, Mr. Patrick. So, Pat, uh, what's your hustle here? Yes. So, I'm the youngest. That's official. I can there you go. Let them fight over who's <laughs> older, but I am the youngest. All right. Um, I am the only doctor in the family. I graduated from uh, University of Santa Tomas with a medical degree in 2010. Go. Go that six. was 10 years ago. I also graduated pre-med uh, BS Psychology from Ateneo. And since then, I've just been training and hustling as a doctor until uh, my siblings approached me about this idea, which was right up my alley, which is all about health. I think we started this 2016 from paper to pen to, to now it's an app full-blown. So There you go. Uh, yep, that's me, Doc Pat. You could, all, you could just call me Pat also. All right. So I'll, I'll, Doc Pat, Pam, and Pow. Okay. I, I'll try my best not to murder it and interchange it. But before we get carried away too, I need you to buckle up. Usually it's just me and someone riding shotgun. But now we're going to occupy the whole four seats because we need to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. Still no budget. If there's a sponsor who wants to sponsor this time machine, it's up for grabs. <laughs> all right. But guys, I, I want to go all the way back. So you kind of gave us a glimpse already of what you did. right? But as a family, uh, this is a weird dynamic because usually it, you come from different sets of backgrounds, different influences, different you know beliefs and whatnot that your parents give you. And that is a combination, the melting pot usually of what it is in, in typical startups. But growing up together, what did you learn from, you know, from your family dynamic? And were there any inklings of entrepreneurship? And how did that dynamic? Because at the end of the day, you know, you can't also change the fact that, you know, uh, there is a totem pole per se in a, in, in a, in a family, right? So who's panganay, who's bunso, whatever, right? Uh, that you need to follow. But I want to understand how that dynamic was, given that you came from the same influences from your parents and whatnot. Yeah, so in the past when we were growing up, we never really had like a big blowout of, uh, okay. of uh, an argument. So um, in fact, we, we had like more of a harmonious uh, relationship all throughout. Okay. Um, pretty much respectful too. I mean, uh, uh, kudos to our parents. Um, we're actually four. We're four Ps. Uh, my other uh, other sister is in in Vancouver. She's a teacher there. Um, Pacific Northwest. So yeah. So two boys, two girls. Uh, not really far apart. Like more or less two years far apart. And we were moving like friends uh, more than anything. And then when this idea came along, you know, it's, it wasn't like any family business that mm -hmm. was passed on to you. This one was really a decision that we decided to do it together. Wow. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I, till this day, I couldn't say this enough. These are the best co-founders I could ever have. Oh, yeah. Um, you literally yeah. did it with your life. So <laughs> your life depended on it. These are the best people to, to count on. Yeah. So just imagine when we told our dad during a family lunch that, uh, you know, dad, I'm going to leave corporate. I'm going to do this. And then Pam also, and then Patrick also, our dad fell off the chair. 
<laughs> oh man! <laughs> Don't worry, you have a doctor. Someone can uh, take uh, care of him. But but see, si, si Daddy, he was the first angel investor. Wow, wow. that's good. See, that's good. Yeah. So okay, we're... that's perfect. Now I, I want to understand a little now after childhood, right? So very supportive parents. You you already said that uh, it was very harmonious family life. Somehow, some way, you're gonna have to define your own path. In your own careers, right? And y'all took very different paths, right? Now let's start with Ate Pam first, okay? Because you know you guys follow after Ate Pam, okay? But Pam, again, you took a bachelor's degree in business management in UAMP, right? And yeah. um, with that background, I want to understand also what your uh, influences were uh, from that point on, because uh, it's again very important that uh, we you get in exposed. Uh, with 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 the right training and whatnot, and I'm also curious. Being the firstborn, is there was there any pressure also growing up to really set the pace for everybody else? Okay, for uh, I guess the first part of your question, right. I um I you're right. I graduated uh, business um, management from UANP. Mm. Um, in my mind, I wanted to be like my dad. Gotcha. My dad was an investment banker, so I was exposed to to that, uh, you know, to to the banking uh, corporate uh, world. Okay. Um, I would see my dad, um, you know, going to work, uh, coming home at six o'clock. I wanted to be like him. So after college, I immediately applied uh, in different banks. Oh, so my okay. 16 years was actually all in the banking industry. Got it. But um, it was a good training ground for me uh, because I was exposed to different customers, clients. I was part of the treasury department um, in a local bank. And then I became a private banker for um, uh, an international bank. Okay. So I dealt with people. So now, uh, when we had aid, I said I want to be, uh, I want to be able to do something also with customers. Mm. So I want to really look at the customer journey, but I want to deal with people. I want to uh, make sure that I am in the customer service side of aid. So that's pretty much what I do now. Um, I'm the COO, so I handle the sales team. Mm. Um, as well as the um, uh, medical professionals and the customers or the patients. Got it. Now, uh, going back to, again, the second part of my question, though, was there any pressure to make it and set the right tone? Because, like, for example, in other family businesses, say the Kokong Ways, Robina had the biggest pressure and Lance also had, had the biggest pressure, too, because, you know, they're, they're either the first, uh, the only son or the firstborn. Was there any pressure for you? I think there's always pressure when you're the eldest because mm-hmm. your younger siblings look uh, they they look up to you, Got so it. you want to be sort of their idol, no? So, so oh, the, did you idolize your ate, guys? I no, because I was. Oh ate, I think I was more strict than my mom when it comes to. Uh, 
disciplining them. Parang oh. no, you know, no phone calls. We hit from her. Tiger ate. <laughs> Tiger ate, exactly. So I wow. don't know if they loved me or they they felt uh, they wanted to throw me out of the window. Or, uh, but right. I was very strict. Um, uh, there was pressure, but really mm-hmm. I think it did uh, more good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 when I worked uh, in the banking industry, I wanted mm-hmm. to just, you know, uh, prove, uh, not really prove myself, but mm-hmm. I want my, my siblings and my dad, my mom to be proud of me. So I uh, did garner some awards, recognition. Um, I did things the right way. No, mm. parang, uh, that's what I learned from dad. Got it. Um, just did the good. Uh, I guess I was a good daughter as well. There you go. The, oh, you guys better be good sons, guys, because you got next. Now let's talk. Let's talk to Pat next. So Pat, uh, you are the doctor. So obviously you're playing in a med tech game, not the med techs that selling uh, stuff. Uh, technical medical technology. Okay. Um. From your point of view, you know, seeing your ate hustle like that, uh, for you, why did you choose to go the medical route? Because uh, most of the time, I see a lot of people that also take up medicine because there's someone who took up medicine as a predecessor uh, in the family. But why did you choose to, 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 to take this route for you for yourself? Uh, I think when I was young, uh, I think my siblings would vouch for the story. But I said I would want to be anything. So I was... I. I had a list, right? Okay. So I said in the morning, I'd be like a scientist. Uh, at night, I'd be a singer. Wow. Uh, on weekends, I'd be a doctor. But <laughs> it really, <laughs> it was really, uh, I was really into books. I was yeah. really into, you know, at a young age, I started reading anatomy books. And I, my favorite toys were uh, chemistry sets and doctor sets. Wow. So no one really forced me. It wasn't like my my, my dad was... Um, trying to manipulate or in doing some inception stuff uh, on my phone. <laughs> okay. No, but I really wanted it. So when I was going into um, college, I was, I was in a crossroads where I was thinking, would I go into law, which I was getting interested in, or would I pursue medicine? So I went into BS psychology, mm-hmm. which was both a pre-law, an easy pre-law, and a, a good pre-med. Right, and when we graduated, I realized looking at uh, I took the test for the the NMAT first, the National Medical uh, Aptitude Test, and okay. I, I luckily got a good, uh, actually a great grade, and mm-hmm. I got into the the university that I wanted to get into. So everything panned out, right? So if if I if I took the the law exam first and I got suddenly a good grade, I would have gone to law. So but it 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 came to a point where Timing was uh, all a. It was all about timing, and the mm-hmm. med test was first. Mm-hmm. I got a good grade. I got into the school I wanted, and uh, uh, the rest was history. Right. Got it. Now, um, how long did you practice uh, medicine per se? Uh, for you to, uh, ah, so, two thousand ten. I had to stop. Uh, one mm-hmm. of my my deep stories is that I had to pivot a little when I I got sick throughout my training. Um, I think that's why aid is such a baby for me because it, it actually was something I really was thinking about when I was sick and lying in bed. I had Got a problem it. with my neck where I couldn't move from the mm. too much from the neck down. So okay. uh, aid was something I was thinking of uh, three to four years into my training as a physician mm-hmm. before anything serious came in. 
And uh, when I started working a little in public hospitals and doing right. some uh, public administration with the hospitals, public health, my brother came up and then he said that, you know, I'm thinking of this idea. And it just clicked. It, it was something I was thinking of when I was laying in bed for like six to eight months, uh, mm-hmm. almost a year, thinking of my therapy and how I wanted to get mm-hmm. treated at home, like the hassle of going to the hospital. And, and everything just said that uh, my brother just told me, stop everything. Uh, right. If you're willing to do this, we do this full time. And I said, yeah, yeah. I'm in it, dude. I'm in it for the long run. So That's... I gave, uh, the only thing I asked my brother is, what else do you need from me besides me being a medical professional? And he said that we need, uh, as a startup, we need someone who can handle a lot of the tech and a lot of marketing. Mm-hmm. And as the youngest, I felt like I, I was a little more into self-studying since I've done it so much. So I self-studied a little on marketing, digital marketing, and I did mm-hmm. some research on UI, UX design. Wow. Yeah, and a little of uh, how to handle a project management with coding, agile work. What? And, you went yeah. the whole gamut. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm the chief product officer. I handle wow. marketing and the tech, and uh, mm-hmm. I do the designs and flows. So uh, again, the, so I, I graduated as a doctor. I said I pivoted to now I'm more of a CPO, right? So handling right, right. what it needs me to do. Okay. So, yeah. That's amazing. Now, last is definitely not the least before we take our first break. Pal, let's uh, talk about your uh, background here. Because again, you, you, again uh, you also took up a uh, Bachelor of Arts in Economics. But what, what, did the, what was the path you took prior to aid? Um, so a little bit similar to Atepam, right? Um, so... My our dad was an investment banker, and I also did want to be like him. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was always something in me that wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, okay. My father-in-law is mm-hmm. a great entrepreneur, and uh, I remember during when I was doing my stint in corporate, I said I wanted to go into my own business, and then he said, "You're not yet ready." Mm-hmm. And then I go, "Okay, so what does that mean, not yet ready?" It's like when you're mature, when you've developed enough network then you could go. He said, maybe it's somewhere 35 years old. Right? Wow. And yeah, and, and true enough, when I was 35, this is when aid started. Um, okay. and, and, and the skills that I got during my time in the corporate was really on the funding round, the fundraising part. So ah. I was, yeah, so I knew, those, uh, I knew all those term yeah. sheets, the shareholders agreement, the valuation, financial modeling. So I knew all Data those, rooms, all whatever. Data room, virtual yeah. data room. Like, yeah. <laughs> due diligence. Yeah. <laughs> DDs and all that. Right? <laughs> double D. Yeah. Double D, yeah. Wow. So you're, this is an, this is a rock star team again, just, just within the same family that you did. But uh, I'm curious now. Uh, also, what what are, what do you, your father-in-law said? Um, you're not ready, and what net you needed a network. I'm pretty sure you did something for you to be ready. What was what did you do, and what did what network did you build? Um, so I was in financial consultancy during that time, and. Okay. There are certain clients that I really admired. You okay. know, those people that I looked up to. Now, but I want to be like this guy, or mm-hmm. I want to. I want to be. I I like sitting in the cabecera when doing that IPO round or roadshow. Yeah, I want to be like I want to be like this guy. And 
And true enough, throughout my my stint in the financial consultancy, I I I befriended these people. I mean, I I, I went, you know, started a personal relationship with them to the point that they're now like ninos and ninas of my kids. Nice. And uh, and I have to say, because I was able to get mentors that are entrepreneurs aside from my father-in-law, that's where I really mustered all the courage to take that big leap. In fact, they've been telling me just do it. I mean, uh, you know, worst case, you can always go back to corporate, right? But at least right. you said you you tried. So correct. I did it because of my mentors, really. There you go. All right, now let's take our first break, and when we come back, let's talk about how you then jumped together, which again, virtually unheard of in a family, take that much risk in different phases of their life, and especially y'all have families for sure already by that time. But let's talk about that more after the break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch? at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We're still with the Bugayong family. <laughs> um, Pao, Pat, and Ate Pam. Okay, I'll say Ate Pam. I'll be the honorary Bugayong today um, in, in this, this whole table. But guys, I want to understand. So y'all, you're, you're all, you came from very distinct paths before you did this. But who came up with this idea? Because at the end of the day, for you to recruit everyone in your family and jump together, I've never seen anything like this. Um, usually, it's a gradual progression. Uh, I guess there's one uh, family that's uh, comparable. Uh, the guys from Lay Bear. Uh, I think it was episode 9 or 10. It's way back. We're now at episode 101. Um, it's his sister. It's also uh, weird enough. His name, the, the founder, the, the run running the show now is also a Paolo. 
<laughs> so shout out to Paolo. Um, but it was his sister's idea, and he jumped in and eventually took over. For you guys, how did that happen? Anyone want to take it? Atepan? It was uh, really you, Pao. No, I remember we uh, we were having a lunch one Sunday um, at my parents' place, okay. and we were talking about my grand uh, our, our Lola, uh, okay. the mom of our mom, who just had a a major operation at the time, um, and she was already ninety or eighty oh, wow. plus or ninety years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about the difficulty of bringing her to the hospitals for, for hospital for a checkup. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, finding a caregiver for her. Uh, we're very close to our Lola. So um, it was the discussion uh, at the table. And Paolo actually mentioned, isn't there any app out there where we can just, you know, uh, click uh, and, and get a doctor to visit Lola? Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, Uber was, uh, you know, the the in thing. Right. So we were thinking, wala bang Uber for medical services. Got it. And uh, we googled, we searched, we checked. There was no app. There was nothing. Right. And uh, Paul and Patrick said, "Why, why, why don't we look into this? <laughs> this is something that we can really, you know, uh, let's plan. Let's plan. Let's see." Um, if this is a solid idea and how can we really do this uh, uh, this business. No? But at that time, we um, we were thinking also of quitting our jobs. I guess we wow. wanted something different. No? We, we were, well, I was a, a mom for the second time okay. um, around the, the year. So mm-hmm. I was thinking of also putting up my own business um, or should I try to, you know, rest and then maybe go back to the banking industry a year after. So it was also perfect timing. Got it. All right. Uh, now, yeah. I'm curious in terms of, you know, uh, saying prepare and looking into this, right? Because an, an idea being thrown at the family table on a Sunday, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's, there's more, other, more ideas being, uh, that were thrown before. But what made you take this leap? Right, especially at at a point where, you know, you all want wanted to take that leap together because at the end of the day, you all have families already. Um, though you might have had some savings or you would have been might might have been financially more prepared, but still, it's a big risk. What pushed you over the top? I think it's the we. I I, I remember when we thought of this, uh, we needed a mentor, so we. Uh, my my brother, my Koya, actually suggested one. I don't know if I can name him. Can I name him? Brother? Uh, I guess so, yeah. yeah okay. so Joey Garango. It was, uh, oh, okay. Oh, got it. Yeah. Mentor so of he, a lot of startups, actually. Yeah. So yeah. We, we went to him and he, he, mm, he, he actually told us. Yep. He actually told us how to go about it. The first few steps in starting a startup. Um, the validation studies, um, the, mm-hmm. looking to the, the MVPs, yeah, yeah. the, the so, business models, so yeah. Yeah, we had to do our homework, okay. and we, when we did it, we had to go through a lot of uh, uh, iterations. Where Joey was there throughout, so until he approved and said, "I think you have something here." So we went through it. We 
we went through designs. We went through different uh, validation studies. My brother went through that business model thing. Mm-hmm. And when everything was uh, okay to, uh, for Joey, mm-hmm. he gave us the go signal and we started, you know, doing the whole coding thing and started. It's like we started, it's ready, set, jump. Yeah. Okay. Like when we got a go signal, you're doing something right. And yeah. go, okay, let's go, let's go. But what was that? When we said that, were you, did you still have jobs or did you jump prior to him saying, okay, you have something in there? So we were still in between. So I was still, yeah. I was still uh, pretty much selling. We're on the edge. So, yeah, no, on the edge. And uh, right. and you were right. You know, during uh, like family discussions, a lot of ideas are thrown at the table. And, oh, okay, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, we're okay, right? Right. So something that we realized, you know, just going back, uh, like for us, you know, like what Walt Disney really said, you know, all your dreams can come true if you have the courage to actually do it. And don't not, I mean, we, we did the business model canvas. We studied it very well. We had so much intelligence and intellect that we poured out to it. Kulang na lang is the courage to do it. Yes. And, uh, and we just, you know, decided let's do it. But really, let's just do it. And we give ourselves like 12 to 18 months. Mm. Um, and if it doesn't work out, at least we try. And you're still family. At the end of the family. day, <laughs> <laughs> right? So the blood is sick in their water. But from that point, who took the first leap, or did you all come together? Because again, at the end of the day, in any startup, someone should be in charge. Someone should take driver's seat. Uh, I've seen. I've never seen a startup that thrived where there's again, there's two people at the forefront where again someone had to really, you know, toe the line. And I think uh, Paolo, that was you, right? That's correct, and uh, I res- my thanks thanks to my siblings for respecting me also in this uh, leadership role. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I when I jumped, when that was pretty it. And in the next day, rat rat na. I mean, tuloy tuloy. Because we're again, time is not on our side, right? For any startup, wala na right. We gotta get this going, man. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious. So since you don't have salary and you've been on payroll for the longest time, what was the biggest adjustment? Because a lot of people who came from corporate, they always say that this is the biggest adjustment, right? You know, from not worrying about what you're gonna pay during fifteen thirty, all of a sudden that's at the back of your mind. And how did you make ends meet? Um, I think well for me, I had like a restaurant during that time, and I divested that. So that pretty yeah. much uh, held me on for a couple of months, like over a year, a little over a year. Okay. Um, so that was my runway, my personal runway. Okay. But for the rest, uh, for Atapam and Pat, what did you guys do? Personal savings okay. and a lot of um, budgeting. Frugality. <laughs> Frugality, that's it. There you go. Uh, yeah. But from yeah. a banker's point of view, Pam, what did you do? Um, I guess after 16 years, I should really have um, a little bit of saving. So I, uh, you know, I told myself, okay, I'm giving it, you know, this, this, um, how many months, no, for me to, to still be alive. And hopefully, uh, we will get our salary by, mm-hmm. you know, as uh, soon as uh, possible. And I think also the support of our partners during that time. Um, and, uh, of course, the biggest supporter is our father. But okay. uh, I remember uh, when we started, our, our dad said, um, you know, if, if he will invest this much, okay. he, we have to each put in the same amount. Mm, and put your money time, where your mouth is. Yeah. So right. 
you know, he, he needed to see that we were serious. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just, that. you know, dad, uh, we yeah. need this money. No, he said, I will put this. Uh, how much can you put? And I will just match it. Together, collectively. Together. Um, uh, so that's... Yeah, that's both dad and mom. Dad and mom, yeah. That's good. No, and that's also a sign of uh, commitment. Because if you're putting your own money, you know, uh, that is enough of a trigger for someone to also put in. I mean, because I, I, there's no, nothing beats sweat equity always, right? True. But if you're putting in your own personal finances as well, that, that is a big indicator, especially for an angel, which is your father. Now, I'm, I'm curious. So you do have the, the funds. What did you do next first? Because I'm pretty sure you... You know, we always say this as cliche as it may sound. Ideas are cheap, execution is growth. Right? What did you do first? Did you hire a team? Did you do growth hacking first? Did you user acquisition? Did you build the app? What was that progression? I think for, for us, we really wanted to test first our co-founder relationship, right? Because if we oh. could actually start, start a yes. traction, traction by ourselves, then okay. we, got, we have something. and We could defend this relationship. Sure. And... Uh, so I remember we said, you know, right, Patrick, we said, uh, who, who do we market first? The supply of doctors, nurses, or the users? So yeah. we said, supply. Let's mm-hmm. go supply. So Patrick uh, sent out, mga, what did you do, Patrick? You sent out mga Facebook invites for nurses. Yeah, I, I did some guerrilla marketing where I did, I, I believe OLX was still some, a big thing. I think it is yep. still now. So yep. I also messaged some friends and some group um, community of mine. So. Mm-hmm. We got people to to talk about aid and see if they wanted to sign up. So and then we told them, uh, if you're interested, meet us in Max Restaurant in Timog, right? Wow. Yep. So, sabi na, Scott okay. Twasson, was it? Scott Twasson, yeah. I'm from that hood. I grew up in okay. that area. So awesome. I know that very well. There you go. <laughs> so awesome. So yeah. we went there with, with a TV, a small TV, a laptop, and a box. And then the manager was wow. wondering, what are these three doing? Right? <laughs> we were there breakfast to dinner. And he was oh, like, wow. <laughs> but that's a chill place. Huh? That's pretty good. You know, good parking, not hot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's in the middle Very too. long meetings, yeah. And we ordered the, the cheapest meal. <laughs> <laughs> a nurse or a doctor would come and apply. Yep. We would uh, just, you know, get a, a simple snack for them. But we got them a... Like a one-piece chicken and wow, the one hundred fifty pesos. So, parang yeah, parang one twenty yeah. plus something. I think. Max sponsor our episode. Come on, we're <laughs> <laughs> plugging you. Oh, great cheesy tofu, great. Yeah, yes. okay, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll send the invoice, Maxes. <laughs> your office. Uh, no, the, the funny part about that is that they had um, a function area. Right at the back. Uh, yep, and they kept mm-hmm. telling us, "Maybe you guys want to stay there." <laughs> and we were like, "How much is it?" And it's like, "We there's a minimum." And we said, oh, "We're okay here." <laughs> <laughs> I think every day they, they saw us. Uh, Why don't you stay here? I was like, "No, no, no yeah. it's okay." <laughs> now I'm curious, guys. Uh, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a smooth transition. There are some rough patches, right? Especially if you're testing this co-founder relationship. What were those rough patches and how did you overcome them? Mm. Who wants did you fight? To take did you unfriend anybody? No. Okay. Wala naman fight. Okay. Wala naman just kidding. Just kidding. Pero, pero I think, of course, there'll be points uh, there are times. Uh, well, since I was driving the, 
the as driving the business or parang putting on some momentum so right. medyo makulit si kuya so i could yeah. be pushy at times but again you know i don't know if you guys ate okay lang ba sayo <laughs> during that time nobody had a big argument no not really yeah to we be... were pushy even before Abe. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you're pushy kawa <laughs> Uh, it's a relationship. Um, we had like uh, probably minor debates, but mm-hmm. it was all for the good of the business. Eh? Correct. And I guess the really. family dynamic here helps because you know how each other is wired, right? From the very core, all you know, and that that's a boon because in normal co-founders who had no prior relationship, say especially if they were in friends before, this. One of the biggest way, reasons why startups fail at the onset is co-founders infighting, right? You know, um, and you guys pulled that. Uh, you were able to uh, get over that hump very easily. Now, next traction. How did you get the initial traction all the way to? I guess tell us the next big, the biggest, the first big milestone that you overcame that uh, you were very, very happy with. I think Pam, Pam, Ate Pam loved the influencer route, right? Oh. And the and she and and Ate Pam could she could talk to people uh, very yeah. well. So she's head of sales, eh? Come on, head of sales, head of operations. Kaya ako may tumawag na poster na kung si Ate Pam niya. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I think a big help talaga when we uh, service um, our first influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have the budget to pay for her, mm-hmm. for her posts, no? so, but we, uh, we just made sure that uh, we gave her the best service. Mm. That she'll be so happy that she'll actually post. Got it. Um, so there was no budget at all. Um, mm. I, I, I also befriended her, um, mm-hmm. and made sure that, you know, uh, uh, introduce myself, um, mm-hmm. Make sure she can reach me anytime if she needs, you know, other medical services. Mm-hmm. And um, we were very fortunate uh, because she mm-hmm. uh, decided to actually do an IG, an Instagram story, like a very simple Instagram story about aid mm-hmm. um, uh, with no pay at all. So she wow. she has around 4 million followers, am I correct? Wow. Uh, three million or four million. Uh, she is a young mother. Okay. Um, so she, uh, you know, used the used aid for mm-hmm. her um, her children for her baby, mm-hmm. and then later on for the husband and then the, mm-hmm. the aging parents. No, so she was so happy. She posted, and that one IG story, actually. Um, the next day, we got 400 signups. What? Our biggest, wow. I think. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And then uh, it, it, it just went on from there because her post also attracted other celebrities. To try it out. And yeah, and the word of mouth really Correct. You know, created that first inflection point for us. Imagine, I got think it. that was in Q3 of 2017. For Q1 to Q3, we were pretty much on a roller coaster ride. Like, right, oh, right. Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> no, but, oh, right. our, our milestones during those first few months were um, yeah. one user. Okay, yeah, we got uh, one user. Right. Right. One user. Right. <laughs> wow. 
But again, it's the roller coaster ride, and you're just pushing through, and also learning from your 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 validations. Now, walk us through. So you now validated you got this influencer. I want to see how you built the team around you. So you're a three-headed monster, right? But how did you build the team around you to make this work? Yeah, I think we we hired uh, first five. Um, but before that, our dad, being the angel investor, he said, "I thought you hired your dad." <laughs> no, no, we, we, no, we first dad was the chairman, so at least ah, he could he could oh guide us through, right? right and right. then he he said part of the condition of his initial investment okay. was that we needed a small office because okay. we were working on our pajamas in the house, nagahiga. I was like, "Ano ba to? You need to have some financial discipline to pay rent." Cycle. Right. Okay, so we did that, and then we got our first five team. Again, okay. you know, we realized that we the, this first five got us through um, uh, so much. These are our fighters, mm-hmm. and they had so much fire in in, in them that they, uh, you know, they were wearing several hats. So okay. yes, we got one one HR, mm-hmm. three sales, and one tech. No, but mm-hmm. marketing. A marketing and uh, and but more importantly, when we got them, I mean they they were, they were we 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 sold the idea to them, and then they were also acting like they're uh, as in their own entrepreneurs. I mean their own entrepreneurs, and they're willing to do uh, willing to wear many hats. And uh, we, without them, I mean we wouldn't have gone this far. Got it. Okay. Last question before we take our last break. So obviously, Aid is an on-demand app now, right? That that uh, uh, the that that gets you in touch with the doctor and to have them come over, correct? Uh, is that correct, or am I That's here? That's, That's correct. Right now, at the end of the day, in any startup, right, and especially in the app game, I played this game once, but it was a nightlife app. Uh, the the holy grail is really having your CAC. Lower than your LTV, right? Your customer acquisition costs should be always lower than your customer lifetime value. How did you keep that in check? Because if you overshoot in acquiring users, and especially if you're acquiring users at a very heavy price, you're literally gonna run the business to the ground. How did that? How did you take care of that metric to the point that it it became sustainable? Yeah, we had to de-risk it by actually. Um, spending less first and then if it works we double down on it um, um so patrick did handle marketing and he he was experimenting on a lot of things um and uh i i would say like there will be months that we overspent but i have to say for the past 12 months our ltv over cac is more than uh, 20 times already wow 20x yeah. Yeah, holy yeah. shit wow and, uh, Right, Patrick? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. I mean, we, we, we found those sweet spots. Eh? And, uh, and, uh, and, but uh, again, the, the idea for, for, for an app is really just selling the real value proposition for both sides. Right. And if, if you really sell it properly, it creates so much value for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, they'll, they'll just install, they'll use it. And, um, for us, really, our North Star metric is really quality service. Quality uh, service. Yeah, and that's so that, qualitative as well as a metric. So that's good. Because at the end of the day, again, if you do that well, 
it's exponential in value. Look at all these uh, this, uh, uh, users that you acquire for free through referrals, right? Hello? Yep, that's right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I thought I lost you. <laughs> what happened to my brother? Like, uh, where did you go? Okay. But okay, thanks, guys. But before, uh, let's take our last break, and when we come back, I want to know now, how do you then scale up and got your funding? And, you know, what are you going to do, especially during this pandemic? And, of course, we're going to pay it forward uh, with some really good questions for the whole hustler or hustle share community. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. 
not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. We're still with the Bugayongs of Aid. I, that's, so, that's so much easier to say, by the way. Whereas when you have a... <laughs> yeah, you know, it's very, very easy. It comes, it rolls out of the, the mouth very, very uh, smoothly. Okay, so now you, before the break, you told us how you were able to scale up your CAC, your metrics. That's great. Now I want to know, Pal, you're, you're an OG in, in fundraising. I want to know how you were able to convince the investors so that you can scale up uh, Abe. Uh, what did you do and uh, how did you get that done? Yeah, so... Um... We early on we really wanted to partner with a strategic uh, investor more than a financial investor, um, sure. especially here in the Philippines, right? If you partner with one of those uh, uh, big corporates or conglomerates, you pretty much have a good footprint on uh, on their group. So true enough, back in uh, uh, 2018, we did close around with the with the Yala Group. Um, oh wow! And, yeah, and um, and yes, I and they. This, yeah. They were able to, you know, help us in both uh, connecting us to BPI, uh, uh, Globe, to, to Ayala the Malls. Whole conglomerate. Yeah, yeah, the whole conglomerate. And really, that was very beneficial for, 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 a, for a startup, right? Um, and that was pretty much our scale-up strategy. When we had that credit card in place, we tied up with BPI card, with all the credit cards. And if you use that, you have a promo. Um, we were in malls. We even did like a cinema, quick cinema ad, um, um, and uh, for 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 the other parts, um, yeah. And you know, it's for health. It's uh, there, there. There was this huge uh, uh, trust barrier, right? So who the hell is aid? Um, right. And uh, when Ayala came in, and they taught us a lot of uh, good governance and you know, how to build this part. And being part of the Ayala group also created a lot of credibility for me. Of course. Yeah. Right. And, and that, that's great. Now, with that support, how much did you grow? Um, can you give us a rough estimate of how, what are the, the, this, this number, these numbers we're talking about now? Um, we grew, uh, but there was like a, on certain months, it also slowed down. You know, it's like a, it's a yes, cycle. But, uh, it's, not, it's not, yeah, it's a cycle. It's like, uh, Whatever you think of uh, Oh my God, nah. It wasn't so, a magic pill. 
Of course. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a magic pill. And there's and no such thing something. as a hockey stick, to be honest. It is a yeah, fucking uh, a Richter scale. That's what it is, right? Yeah. It is yeah. a Richter scale. There's no hockey stick. I mean, yeah, we in fact, come in. We call it now. We have three inflection points throughout our journey. Okay. Right? So, first inflection point was with uh, at a celebrity. The second inflection point was during this uh, Ayala investment. Uh, third inflection point was this pandemic. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. So that's what um, I want to actually get yeah. into. The the this whole pandemic literally I, I I speak for myself, right? There is phobia now going to a fucking hospital. Nah. I am not going there even if I have the worst diarrhea because I of COVID. How did the pandemic become a boon to aid? Because all of a sudden on demand health it's now top priority. Whether it's telehealth, whether it's getting a real doctor coming over to see you, that's the only way, right? How did how did you take advantage of this opportunity? Yeah. Uh, hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. So actually, the pandemic um, it it placed a spotlight on aid, right? So. We were there 2016. It's always nice of us to say that. Even right. before this happened, we knew that uh, home care, getting uh, quality uh, consultations at home is going to be a big thing. And the pandemic just actually uh, put steroids on that uh, idea, right? So everyone started thinking, oh my gosh, we can't go out of the house. How will we take care of ourselves? Got it. Even if I'm now allowed to go to the hospital, I'm never going there. It's so scary. So everyone who even just heard about AID or just, just you know, it passed by an article or something, now they're actually downloading it. And they're actually using us. They actually realized, oh my gosh, this was what they were talking about yeah. way back in 2016. And mm-hmm. it gave us that boost where we didn't need to do much. Mm-hmm. We, we we just said, we're still here, man. We're we're still rocking this place. You right. don't forget about us because mm-hmm. uh, we can offer you everything you need uh, through a, a click of a few buttons on the app. And Got it. Um, you don't have to go to the hospital anymore mm-hmm. for anything like colds or, like you said, diarrhea. If you need a doctor to talk to, to go to you, we're right here, man. So Correct. The, um, the pandemic was actually just... Something that uh, fueled to the flame where AIDS mm-hmm. idea always trigger. Was. Yeah, it was a trigger, right? So got it. So that's how I think the the pandemic worked mm-hmm. for AIDS. No, absolutely, and I'd I'd have to say so. In our in my case, right, uh, in the podcasting business, right, before the lockdown started to happen, we were the one evangelizing heavily. Like, hey, do you want to have a podcast? Blah 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 blah. blah. Pandemic hit. It's like a fucking 180 degree turn. Everybody started going to us saying, Hey, can I do a podcast? Can I do a podcast? Yeah. And that's how we, and we were, we grew at least 10x month on month with, 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 uh, with, with PA because of the pandemic. So we're also, and let, let's not deny it, we're very just fortunate to be in the right space at the right time in the pandemic yep. because a lot of businesses were not that fortunate as well, right? That's true. Uh, so again, luck and timing plays a good, uh, good key. But one thing I got to get credit for is because when luck hits and you're not ready, you're not going to get it. But you were ready because you already put in the work prior for this trigger point. right? So mad props to you for that one. Now, I, I want to understand uh, uh, 
a couple of things. Um, the pandemic happens. What's the user behavior like now? Are they more, is it an easier evangelization that they actually get it because there's no choice or there's still a lot of handholding done both for the supply and the demand? Um, it's, still, it's still something new to a lot of people, right? So this pandemic hit us like a, a bullet train and no one right. was ready for it. Okay. So until now, six months, seven months into it, there's still some people just discovering what or seeing what potential aid can do for them. Right. So it's still a lot of, um, you know, trying to get, get them to trust us. And like Koya said a while ago, it's the trust barrier for any healthcare app or any healthcare platform to have mm-hmm. to overcome first. And I think with aid, every new customer uh, around 10%, you just have to at least give some patience to. So yeah. uh, I, I believe that I throw it to my team and my sales team there. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of um, personal touch. We, we love talking to the patient, even when we're an app. It's, yeah. uh, we're, but we, we understand that healthcare comes from a, ha- having a personal touch. So that's where our patients love aid. We're not a robot. You're just trying to book... Um, some care for we're actually people who care about you and you can feel it too so i think uh yeah i think that was it right i like that it rhymes I care about you and you can feel it too <laughs> marketing marketing there <laughs> right guy for the right job right there <laughs> okay now let me ask you a couple of questions that at least to paid forward to other founders who can also learn from you let's start with again the marketer who likes to put in the rhymes um patrick um you've you've you're again you're self-taught because to be honest there's no such thing as a professional growth hacker it's yep. all self-initiated. There's no just nobody teaches you fucking uh, the R metrics or the funnel in the fucking school, right? You have to go find it, and it's all online if you wanted to. But what was your process in finding the right strategies, or at least the right methodologies, to apply in aid to the point that it actually worked? Or what were those things that worked? So it was really trial and error. So okay. uh, I had to again. Nowadays, people can actually learn. It's so much easier nowadays to actually just sit down on your phone or laptop and start reading or watching a video. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that to start our marketing, and I had to do trial and error. I had to go through different channels. I had to go through different metrics, whether it be engagement or conversions or uh, whatnot. We had to find what worked for us, and I, honestly, I can't tell you what did, mm-hmm. but what didn't? Because that's also yeah, a thing. Because a lot of people think like, okay, I'll create a Facebook post, boost it for <laughs> 10,000 pesos, and that's it. Yes, right? exactly. No, right? you're so, only making Facebook rich that way. Yeah. Okay? Everyone thinks like, okay, all I need is a page and some money. Yeah. Oh my gosh, one peso I put into Facebook, I'll get two pesos back. No, that's not it. Nope. Like my brother said, we spent, we overspent sometimes. We, yeah. we had to learn. And um, what didn't work was actually doing all those signups, uh, mm. the sign-up um, posts, where you're just introducing or putting a post up and say, you know, download me and sign up, and you'll get uh, there. The in-your-face uh, Yeah, it's like just there. You, you're not saying who you are. They don't understand your journey. They don't understand your story. And you're a healthcare right. platform, right? So people downloaded us, but they never signed up. 
<laughs> there were so many downloads, but they mm-hmm. never signed up. They never used us. So we realized that we had to tell our story. We had to find a way to, um, you know, to change their mindset, to yeah. change the culture and the tradition, the medical tradition. So marketing moved towards telling them why you need us. And when we saw, when I saw that, we stopped sponsoring anymore. Mm-hmm. And my brother just said, let's go organic. So right now, that's why our, our, our CAC is a lot better. We're not Absolutely. spending on acquisition. It's, mm. it's really us just saying, uh, you know, the cough might be a sign of this, like that, like that. Maybe you want to get checked, right? Got so it's it. us Subliminal. There, yep. Okay, sounds good. Now let's talk to Atepam right here. And uh, Pam, I want to understand. So you're, you've been a salesman, you've been in the banking industry, but what's your selling MO, your modus operandi or your, your style? Because at the end of the day, if you're the one being thrown into you know, these big, big name people and actually uh, populating the app, there's got to be a system in what you do. And especially for marketplace apps or anything uh, or startups that require supply and demand, they can definitely learn from you. What's your style? I think what worked for us really is the um, it's the team of people, the, the pool of doctors that we have, okay. the pool of medical professionals, because um, when they service the patients, they're representing aid. Gotcha. So we have to also make sure that we get like a good uh, team of medical professionals that um, you know that on board in the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can represent us uh, for for the service side. You know, it's just really being uh, being honest to the customers. Um, uh, also, I guess being genuine with your with you wanting to really help them when it comes to their medical needs. No, um, that's uh, no, That's uh, there's no like special formula really, but it's really just. Um, being sincere with helping and they feel that gotcha. and once they're happy with your service word of mouth uh, most powerful thing in the world yeah yeah true yeah all right now pal i'm 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 curious about one thing uh and patrick said that you were obsessed in get in talking to your customers but also that's what a lot of startups miss out on getting feedback how was your what was your mechanism to being so in touch with your users, both in the supply and demand, to make sure that you're actually developing and creating the right stuff uh, in the app. Is that for me or more for Atepam? Okay, then Atepam, go ahead. Right back at you. <laughs> we uh, when we onboard, um, we really uh, look into their background. No, so we uh, get references. Uh, we also, of course, check their. Their documents, we we have to validate that they are licensed medical professionals. Uh, we go through a face-to-face meeting with them. Uh, we have a team that actually does that, and we hired a uh, a retired nurse. She's a, re- a nurse uh, for forty years, wow. and what she does is really to interview and just see the face-to-face KYC. Yes, correct. Okay. And, uh, just see if you know this doctor or nurse is a good fit. Uh, gotcha. There's a lot of uh, quality assurance that goes into it. Um, okay. My sister had this. I remember she said that she wanted to 
she wanted to do happy calls where after a customer in the first few months, after a customer uses aid, uh, one of our people would contact them and ask them, how was it? How was your experience? Right. So that's when we got feedback on what else we can improve on. Um, I think everyone's fear, I think when you go into a startup, especially in tech, everyone is always scared of actually talking to someone or talking to a customer, right? Because it's always, it's always something where I'm creating a robot or an AI and I'm not ready to talk to the customer. I'm not ready to get these feedbacks. But my sister's uh, background being in sales, she wanted that at the very start. So that's how we improved. We went through three, two different versions or three different versions. And it was really our personal uh, conversations with our customers and our doctors and our nurses that we actually improved our app. Yeah. And I think just to add to that, uh, Pat, Pam is really our like user. You know, majority of our users in aid would be in the female and uh, young moms and gotcha. uh, with young families. And, and Pam would actually fit that profile so well to the point that even Patrick, after he designs uh, the app, will make Ate use it first gotcha. without, anyone, <laughs> without anyone saying anything. If, if she can't figure it out, balik ulit. Start all over. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Internal QA right there. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So if it works for Ate Pam, it, it should work. I mean, she's there the right go. profile that we're trying to get. Perfect. So again, it's the ability to empathize you, you know, because if you can never put yourself in the position of your user, then you're building something that nobody wants, right? Correct. So that's another thing. Another thing too is that uh, what you did actually talking to users is actually being taught in, again, and the ones that I, I'm, I, I got in frozen, in, in conjunction to the business model canvas, there's this tool that's called the Javelin Board. And the only thing that says there is once you form a hypothesis, the only constant you should do is get out of the building. And what that means is you should talk yeah. to your yeah. fucking users. So, wow. Yeah, right. You're so good to say fuck again. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> 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 Woo, the past year couple of episodes, I couldn't say that again. Man, I'm back. <laughs> All right. Now, last few questions. Pal, I want to ask you this. You know, um, Working with corporates can be a double-edged sword sometimes, right? Especially if you're a startup because, you know, you're technically left exposed. But what, how, can, how can startups still coexist and yet be careful when working with corporates the same way you guys did? Um, well, one, one for us, let's say for, for our current investor, we... The family still owns majority of the business. So we pretty yeah. much still drive the, the business where we want to go. So, you know, if there, admittedly, there are some things that we uh, disagree on. And, uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, since the Bogoyan family took a lot of risk in this, we will continue to do what we believe is correct and what we believe is right. But also taking into consideration what we've learned uh, from, from, from that side. I guess yeah. for... for uh, for anyone out there parted with a corporate, um, I mean, I guess also try to learn from them. At the same time, they're also mm-hmm. learning from you, right? So, mm-hmm. but both both ways, I mean, just also be, with anything, I mean, any relationship, also just mm-hmm. be very careful. So Correct. And I think uh, coming from my experience too, because I've had several things, 
regardless of who you're partnering with, with there needs to be a distinct and measurable exchange of value. Yeah. So if it's money for money, that needs to be, you know, equal, right? Just doesn't doesn't mean that you know. For example, you're working with a corporate to uh, tap into their sales or supply chain or their leads. If that's that comes in, you need to be able to reciprocate because if they're only also leveraging off of what you have and they don't reciprocate well, then that's not a partnership, right? Um, so just be careful and also. Better, little things like NDAs, non-competes, and whatnot, just to make sure you cover your ass, to make sure that you don't end up being taken advantage of. Okay, last question before I let you go. Given the whole uh, thing is now, and again, your prime position to really uh, take it over the top, especially with this pandemic. What if there's something, is there something that you guys want to do different, or would have done differently? Looking back to your journey, because you've been in the you've eclipsed year three. Congratulations, because most startups die at the third year. Um, how what would you have done differently? Oh my gosh, Koya, you have <laughs> yeah. No, that's a that's a tough question. In fact, you know, if you really look back during at, at that moment, I would say that was the right decision. I mean, it's it it's hard to look back and say, nah, we shouldn't have done that. I mean, for now, I mean. For all the hustles and struggles that we've been through for the past three years, today, Aid is actually, I will say this so, uh, so proudly, we are cash positive. Boom! Yeah, we're, I there think you we're go. Any, yeah, but like, uh, yeah, that goes wild. There you go. Right? So I guess for any, for any startup founder, being at that, when your head is above water, I think that's a big win already. And, and, and I have to say, it's because of all our mistakes in the past. <laughs> so it's, uh, it led to this. And, and uh, you know, we, I, I guess if, for those who are in the similar journey as we are, I mean, uh, probably during the pandemic, now it's not the time to go full steam ahead. Yep. And, you know, take a step back, uh, re, you know, re, recalibrate, check your strategy, and bring your startup to a profitable state. Because Correct. You know, it's just so hard to fundraise and fundraise and fundraise. I mean, the best, the best way now is to, to get money from your customers. Focus right. on the revenue side, right? So, um, yeah. So, I mean, just a while ago, you asked about numbers. And, uh, and I'm just so proud that, you know, we started by a few, like what Patrick said, like one request, 2016, 17. Yep. Now... We grew 600% based from last year. We, have, wow. we, had about 11, we had about 350 requests a day just last month. That's and we, we have about 300,000 Filipino patients on board. And we're growing. Even the OFWs outside, we opened the app to, to OFWs in other countries so they can actually pay and book for, their, for a medical care for their families back here. And... And again, I'm, I'm just so proud of what the team has done today. Um, I guess for those that are thinking or, you know, uh, thinking of starting their own company, actually now is a good time to, to yep. experiment. It's a right? level playing field. Correct, correct. It's, a, it's Again, it's wartime, right? So all the opportunities are now. So, you know, experiment at the cheapest and fastest way possible and focus on your skill sets really. And, Correct. And reconnect with your network. You know, find that mentor, and also maybe now is the time to find a co-founder. Correct. You know, and just you know, make most of uh, most of the time today. 
while yeah, it's just, just for advice, just just you know, when you're starting something, it's always about it's like a marriage, right? So right. with your investors, with your co-founders, with your employees and everyone, it's always like a marriage. And <clears throat> sometimes marriages they really don't work out or yep. sometimes it's gonna be really difficult or um there are things that you'll never uh you'll never be prepared for. Uh but at times when you're like me, I'm lucky enough to be uh, going through this with my siblings and my marriage with these two other people is stronger than any pandemic or any, um, yep. any yeah. back. So <laughs> not. it's, no, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's all about um, finding the right co-founders, finding the right people. Um, and there's no regrets actually uh, where we are now only happened because uh, of the decisions we made. Right. So, uh, be careful and you know just just like my brother what my brother said have the courage to fail and if you make that leap it's time to execute there yeah and we have our favorite outlet uh, our favorite outlet is alcohol yeah. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper now it's abundant now oh. sometimes you can just rub your hands with it or just drink it straight up <laughs> All right. Now, before I let you go, what's next for Aid, and how does how do people take advantage of what you guys told us here tonight uh, or today, uh, and uh, what what this amazing hustle that you guys did? Yeah. So um, I guess I'll start, and then I'll give it to. I'll quickly say the next few steps. So Aid really um, is all about bringing medical care to your home. So it's really going into other devices like medical devices other things that can help doctors um, see you. Yep. So our uh, improving our e-consultation, which is our chat and our video consult in-app. And it's also improving on our core values like service and uh, the app itself. Um, and I think, uh, what's next, Atapam? I think our big dream is really to go nationwide. Boom. So now that we have e-consult, we are trying to reach as many Filipinos uh, in you know other other regions. So uh, we um, have gone uh, to Calabar Zone for our um, doctor visits, COVID tests. That's where uh, I'm at right now. And I'm having oh. the sniffles. If you can hear it, I sniffled a couple of times. So right after this 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 interview, I'm going to aid. Yeah, so um, we're slowly going to um, other, you know, other cities, other provinces in in mm. the Philippines, and uh, with eConsult, we really hope to, you know, to reach more uh, more Filipinos to help more uh, right. people. So, all right, yeah. Pao, any last words? Aid will become the super app of help. Um, and uh, we are determined to make that happen. Again, uh, so good luck, the Bugayons. All right, but before I let you go, follow us in whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcast, or again, if we did say some jargon, don't forget to go to the show notes on hustleshare.com. And if you want to get involved in how we grow this community, uh, go to the Hustleshare community on Facebook and suggest some guests over there. And last, if you have any um, messages to, to us, if you want to suggest a guest or anybody, go to the Hustleshare chatbot at m.me slash hustleshare powered by chatbot again Ugayoms thank you very much thank you thank you, you. Thank thank you, you so much. much appreciate it and I'll see you guys in the next episode peace